Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito? So, sorry for the cliffhanger. In between when we stopped the last episode and the recording of this episode, I uh, have a respiratory infection. So, I'm pretty fucked up on medicine and just a smidge of vodka, Max. So, we're going to do our best to navigate these choppy how much, waters. How, how much exactly is a smidge? Uh, Break it down th- for me and three fingers, three fingers. <laughs> three of, fingers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, unrelated, <laughs> but I found out today, I was like pouring this vodka into my cup and it said, Come visit us in Schneidham, Holland. And what I just found out, Max, if you don't know this, is that when we say Holland, we think the Netherlands, we think those are interchangeable things. But what I really found out is that that's bullshit. There's a bunch of different things that make the Netherlands up. But the reason that it's become interchangeable is because Holland was the one economic like success in the Netherlands at one point. So they just call it. It would be literally if we called all of America New York. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I was oh like, God. wow, that's kind of fucked up. But anyway. I looked it up and I'm like, where is this fucking Kettle One factory? Because that's what I need in my life. Like 40 minutes away, bro. 40 minutes by train. I'm, I'm 40 going. 40 minutes away from what? From Amsterdam, which I will be in. Okay, you probably should clarify that because right now you're in Philly. You're like 40 minutes 40 away, minutes dude. From 40 Philly. minutes away. I'm like, the Netherlands are 40 minutes away from right. Philly. Dude, Dolores told me a story that, that, there, that there's going to be a plane by 2030 that gets you from New York to London in one hour. And I'm like, bullshit. Where like, is, where, how does she have access to this information? Was she secretary of transportation in I the future? my best not to be an asshole to her because that's the thing sometimes i'm just like are you fucking like you go straight to hell dolores i'm sorry she's wonderful she's a lovely amazing human being nothing but but kind to me but she's wrong Uh, i tried to explain to her i tried to explain she actually might be right sonic jet engines and i'm like here's the thing the concorde was the fastest fucking thing in the world right so we got over in like two and a half hours three hours That's okay i'm sonic on her jet side engine. now you're you're a fucking transportation expert what you 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 went to school for uh aerodynamics huh? you know all the physics no, and stuff i'm a bullshit dolores is right rides. you're wrong I, now i hate plane rides i hate being in a plane for more than three hours as much as i love la let me tell you how much i hate traveling to la it's my least yeah. favorite thing in the world and as you know i'm about to go overseas it's going to be eight and a half hours to get to italy so that is longer than any trip i've ever done uh, oh on, it's on fucked up now the good well the good news is this is like usually this is what we did last time we got to the terminal the flight was at nine o'clock so i was able to have like two double whiskeys before i got on the plane and then i had two wines so i was able to <laughs> black wines. out i was i was able to black out drink basically and sleep. two units of wine please <laughs> Well, they're like, they're like nice little bottles on international <laughs> flights. But the point is I was able to drink myself into a lullaby and then sleep for six of those eight hours. So it was just uh, like a regular nice. flight for me, which I is good. I can never fucking sleep on a plane, ever. Me neither, which is why the whiskey came in handy because they were yeah. double whiskey. So that's four drinks of whiskey and then two wines to cherry on top that shit. Man, um, you, want, you want to hear something fucked up? One of my, one of my like few life regrets <laughs> is one time my, my ticket got bumped up to first class and I'd never – flown first class before so i didn't know that drinks are free in first class so they came by they were like hey you want a drink i just turned 21 like not a week before and i didn't want to pay extra for that shit so i was like no thanks went an entire flight without drinking then i got a drink at the airport that i landed in because i could because i was 21 now and airport drinks are like 14 bucks a drink it was it was like 12 bucks for an old-fashioned that was not that good right i don't think uh 
you know, it was, like, it was at a Chili's too. <laughs> yeah, there's always a Chili's too. And by the way, I love that it's not Chili's numerical too. It's two as well. Two as yeah. well. Also Chili's. Yeah, that's incredible to me. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's the secret to doing long flights. So when she told me that there was this thing, and I was trying to explain to her, I'm like, look, I, again, not because I'm some expert, but because I hate flying. I was like, if I can get to Paris in three hours, holy shit, that would be incredible. Um, it doesn't happen like ever mm. so i was explaining like how well, we can't even agree on sonic jet engines which is why we don't have the concord anymore because it's illegal to fly over like residential land and shit like that shatters oh, sure. and stuff. so right. how are we going to get there in an hour you know and she had no answer she came in with a hot take and gave no fucking facts man just bounce off the atmosphere <laughs> just ping it into outer space come back down do the whole like apollo 13 method of filmmaking except for flight you just break through the atmosphere then you're just over the earth you're weightless for a second, pop back down. Oh, so you're saying jump up and then chill while the earth rotates around you at 10,000 yeah. miles per hour. That's actually pretty genius, man. I don't know why we don't do that. Maybe because it's illegal. Because I'm not the dangerous. secretary of future transportation. Can we get you? Can we appoint you? Can we elect you? Is that, how does that work? That ship has sailed. Why? <laughs> and in some offices, you have to be 35 before you could even hold office. You're like, it's sailed I mean, 29, like it's over. And, and we just sailed right past that punchline. So anyway, moving on. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, right, you know, I, I tossed you the ball and you just dropped it. Just nice. Dropped it right on the old ground and said, right. oh. I have a fever and I have a respiratory infection. Uh, you need to do the heavy lifting here, guy. I don't know what to tell you. What heavy lifting? You're the one know. who started telling this story. Where is it going? I that just, Dolores was wrong? Yeah, she's always wrong, but she's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's how perfect uh, she is. She's wrong all the time, and it doesn't take any points away from her, man. Like, You know, honestly, that is, that is perfection right there. Yeah, if, if, if not that, then what? Never being wrong and always doing everything perfectly? Go to hell. Right. That'd be me. Not you, but whoever says that. Oh, that's oh you. yeah. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> uh, no, but so the cliffhanger of last week's episode is as I was finishing off all the Florida stuff, was just that my mm -hmm. stepdad, which you know my dad, Jeff, right? Like I know him as well as I can know a man who said all of three words to me in like the five years that I knew him. If it makes you feel better, he said literally three words to me the entire time I was in Florida last week, but all uh -huh. the periphery action was very sweet. And I told you, I think he's dying only because he's being nice to me, which is not a thing he's ever done. I'm not saying he's been mean to me. I just feel like I could be a fly or not a fly to him. <laughs> like, like right. it's the it's the eff, like he doesn't kill a fly that lands on his hand because it takes effort to try to kill that he, fly. You, you know who he is, and I just realized it now, and it's like I'm mad at myself for not realizing it. Is in spirit alone. I'm not talking about practice, but in okay. spirit alone, he is literally Max Mom from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. No, that is fucking accurate. Except she's meaner and clearly hates her child. Yeah, she chain smokes like. and drinks all the time. But like, just in terms of like, hey, mom, how you doing? I love you. Rah. Are you right. gonna water that plant? Rah. Told you she's gonna water it. There's like, more that's literally Jeff. that plant than there is for the the thing that <laughs> that she made. And that's very accurate with Jeff. But when I was flying in, I was just like, oh, okay. Like they have an extra car. I was gonna drive around the beater or whatever. And my dad insisted that he rent me a car. Wouldn't explain why, but did. And then like sent me a fucking, uh, like a little, like a little GIF, like a little animation sticker via text message where he's like, did everything go okay with the car? And I'm like, yeah, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's a very nice thing to do. And it was just like a Fox who was like mean mugging you, but then gives you the okay symbol. And I'm like, he's sending me animated GIFs now. I, I know that Fox. Do you I know, know that, that Fox? Fox. I'm oh, going to send him to you right now. 
Okay, I'm um, glad you know. Uh, so you know there was that, and then he uh, we I found it. This is again because we can't we can't just have a conversation. So one of my favorite songs is "Walk On By" by Isaac Hayes. It's a mm. really great cover of the Dionne Warwick song "Walk On By," and so I played that with my brother, and my brother informed me that that is my dad's favorite song. To which I'm like, no way, that's like my favorite song. And then when I responded to him about that, Jeff, he wouldn't say anything to me, but through the the messenger of my brother. <laughs> He then responded to me to give me other things to listen to. Like, what if, what if, like, through some weird, like, circuitous logic, he's actually you in the future, stuck in the past? Well, that's weird because he's married to my mom. So oh wait, that is weird. Never mind. Why would you back. even go there? <laughs> uh, I forgot about that detail. Never mind. The detail that he's my father. <laughs> like, I forgot that one. My bad. I dropped the ball on that. Like, I'm sorry, I was looking for a cartoon fox giving a thumbs up or okay sign, and, you know, I, I lost the thread of that joke. It's but I'm just that. saying, like, in terms of, like, what if you found out, like, oh, he wrote a comic book also, and he's really into westerns. He's not into westerns. What he is is a really fucking wonderful artist. Like, there have been times where I'm just like, I wonder if I just, like, say, I'll write something for this fucker if he'll draw it for me. Because uh, he's a he's really been, good artist. He's just been waiting for you to ask this entire I, time. You know what it is? Like, I think he's of that generation where where you didn't have hopes and dreams. You know, like I think about mm. his his father, my grandfather. This guy built fucking weaponry in the war. You know what I'm saying? Like he built fucking tanks and airplanes and shit like that. Like you went to the factories, you worked your whole goddamn life, and you didn't talk to your kids. Okay, you you put food on the table for them, and that was it. But right. I've heard him before in passing make make like references to how he wishes because my cousin Greggy, you remember Greggy? Greg can yeah. draw. He's a really good artist too. And he always says like, I really wish I, like I heard Jeff talking to Greg once about how he wishes he went to art school. And so I feel like deep down, there's this weird like, like, like he loves me and hates me. He loves me because I'm doing all this creative shit that he deep down wishes that he could do. And he's so proud of me for forging that path. Uh, at the same time, I think he wants me to be in a factory really bad. <laughs> like, like he, he resents you for your just freewheeling millennial right. lifestyle. Right. But again, isn't that kind of the point of being a parent? I don't know. Like I'm getting older, obviously. Well, to and my to, dad to is resent your child while simultaneously being proud of them? Well, to want them to do better than you and then to resent them for doing better than you. <laughs> you, know? you think you're better than me? I'm like, yeah, because of your hard work and sacrifice. Like that's the thing. I was really like thinking about just doing the math on this. My dad is 58 this year. I'm 29. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's literally half, I'm half his age. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's this weird thing that I'm sure he remembers back to when he was 29, because I remember being like three years old. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't seem that far away, but it is. Like, I'm removed right. for it. And, I, and I, there's a lot of things where I'm just like, I think it's interesting that we get along better now, despite us still not talking ever. Like, we don't say words to each other. Uh, but it, it is like this thing where the actions are there. And like, I don't know. Does, does he like talk to your mom? Or is that a lot of right. your mom just talks and he goes, meh, meh, No, which right. that I would wonder the same thing. Cause I'm just <laughs> like, how are you in this? My mom talks like I do. So like, yeah, you know, he needs that. Yeah. Person. Apparently it's him. It's the one person that he's ever okay with to actually open up and talk about is with her so much. So that right before I got there, I think, I think that the reason that he's trying extra hard is because they had a conversation about how my mom was raised versus how he was raised. And again, mm. I told you about my my pop pop, right? He was a great. I love him so much, but I only knew grandfather pop pop. I don't know dad pop pop. You know, grandfathers have a much different relationship with their grandkids than they did with their actual kids, because they're not supposed to discipline or teach them how to be a good human being. They're just right. there to love. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, and then his mom was like a withholding person. I'm not saying she didn't love her kids, but she was raised in that time where you'd like 
weren't overly affectionate, that you were super strict, that you always rode them, that you always wanted them to be better and shit like that. Uh, and so like my mom juxtaposed that with us, which is like, listen, my grandfather, my Papa Georgie, like, yeah, he can kick your ass and he can be a disciplinarian, but like Spanish people in general, you know, this from being friends with me for 20 years now, almost. It's mm -hmm. like I'm honorary very, Spanish. Well, no, but you know, you know how affectionate we are and how yeah, like, yeah, we I do. do put that on front street. And we, we do tell you how much we love you all the time and shit like that. So mm -hmm. it's like, I think my mom being raised one way and then giving us that versus how Jeff was raised and how you're not supposed to ever show emotion or show weakness and stuff like that. I think like two days before I got there, she had called him out. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, yeah. you don't have to be this way anymore. You're perpetuating this shit. You're carrying the ghost of your mom and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, like, I mean, in a way that's kind of an indictment on like masculinity up to a point too. <laughs> like the to like the toxic side of it, like being that, Oh, you should never, you know, show affection because like, I think my grandfather was kind of the same way up to a point. Um, and he like opened up with me, but he was never that way with his kids. You know, he was that right. way with his grandkids, like you were saying. Um, but like, and it, it still manifested its way, not in, I love your grandson, but it was more like, let me share this thing that I'm interested in with you, like my woodworking right. or like my garden or whatever. Like, you know, like that's an activity we can do to together. Um, okay. So, you know, my dad has like season tickets to the bucks, right? So my family, in case we haven't made this abundantly clear, me and Max are both from Tampa originally. My parents still live there and your mom still lives there as well. Yeah. Um, so they have season tickets to the Bucks. Now we've had those for a long time, but I remember when we first got them, we were up in uh, section 350. So we were at the tallest point of the stadium that you could possibly be in. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so my, my dad told my mom a story and this is, this is again, how Jeff shows emotions. He will never admit that he feels anything, but unprompted Max, he's mm -hmm. like, I remember the first time that I was here with Chris, he calls me Chris. It's very weird and disquieting. Literally uh, no like, one I've ever no met one calls me that. Me that. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. Uh, uh, so he's like, I remember being here with Chris, and I remember that the first time we came here, he was like nine. I was nine when this happened. I'm 29 now, so 20 years ago. Uh, I told him, one day, we're going to have seats right there. And he pointed to the first row by the player's entrance. So when the players come out, you'd be able to see them, you know, do all the warm-ups and shit like that, right? This year, they got those tickets. Uh, and so the fact that my mom, like my mom texts me secretly as soon as he tells me that story from the stadium being like, you're never going to fucking believe this shit. Like your dad just fucking told a story where he wasn't being shitty to you. And I'm like, what? Uh, and it was this amazing thing that like, again, if I ever asked him that straight up, he would never acknowledge that he would never say that that's a thing, but clearly some part of him has always stuck with that. And I think like the idea is that for as hard ass as that guy is, I think he always wants his kids to view him as a success you mm. know and that's always driven him to be better and better and better and like just so you know as a kid having nosebleed bucks season tickets was the coolest fucking thing in the world it didn't matter where we were it was the idea that we could do this thing every week if we wanted to and that was never good enough for him like the thing is he kept himself motivated long past the people who loved him uh needed to motivate him because we already knew who he was and we knew he was a success and shit like that you know right uh but just so strange that he felt like he couldn't just outright say that like that's still who he is he can't as quite escape himself yeah well what, what do you what do you think that is where do you think that exactly like comes from well i mean I, I again like i think it's a generational thing for one the other weird caveat to this and again like i'm puerto rican so it's like i have a little bit yeah. of experience with this but Jeff is half black and half white. He's a, he's a, you know, mixed race kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to imagine being born in 62 
you know, as a mixed race kid. You is, learn to keep shit to yourself. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Because, and again, not just but a mixed race kid, but a mixed race kid in West Virginia, bro. Like, like, you know, like we're with that Mike Nichols movie, the fucking, or Jeff Nichols movie, the uh, loving, you see that movie mm-hmm. with the, uh, yeah. Fucking great. And like also uh, opens your eyes to like, Oh my God. So like people yeah. were monsters. If you looked even a little bit different. Uh, yeah. And that's who they were, you know? Like, yeah. it was a country woman who married a fucking black guy who was the most incredible man I've ever met in my life. I really love my pop-pop, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, like, growing up in that tumultuous times... Yeah. That and, takes uh, and, some fucking courage. Holy shit. No, dude, they really are. That's yeah. the thing. You ever think about, like, going back and really just getting those stories? Like, uh, so an ex-girlfriend, uh, Toilet Monster. Toilet Monster's uh, grandparents are some of the most incredible people. <laughs> I love that after, world. like, everything, after, like, coming to terms with and the peace and everything, we're still calling her. Did I refer monster. to, well, just for character consistency. I sure, sure. I didn't so everybody to. knows. Everything's fine. She's, like, the best toilet monster in the world. But Toilet Monster, her grandparents were really fucking amazing, too, because, and it's it's more similar to the Puerto Rican story, but uh, Cuba had also colonized the Dominican, or Spain had colonized the Dominican Republic at one point. They mm. had a dictator as well. Uh, and it got really, really bad. And so um, her grandfather had to leave behind, like, DR because he was working with the resistance, and they put him on a fucking hit list. And he had to leave his family because back in the day, the, like, dictators still had codes. They weren't going to kill the families. But he left the family, moved to New York with literally two bucks in his pocket, bro, and built a life and built, like, you know, when you fast forward 20 years, he's got multiple uh, – um little uh, supermarkets like latin american supermarkets in the upper west side and hell's kitchen and shit like that you know like so it's a really wonderful like success story but then i also know like that her grandmother also worked for the resistance and like there's some weird story about her like pretending that she was nursing her kids in order to smuggle shit to other parts of the intel to other parts of the resistance i'm like these are the most fucking bad motherfuckers who have ever lived you know because right. if we think about what we've been through versus what these people did and we're basically the same age if not older than they were when they did that you know you never know who you are until there's a an occasion to rise to uh and i'm just like i'm so fascinated by the idea of my grandparents and grandparents I mean, in general you know? well that that's an interesting thing like until there's an occasion to rise to but like think about the time that we're living in now is there not an occasion to rise to i just think that we're all collectively not rising to it yeah i mean i got into an interesting thing with a friend about the the next election that turned pretty toxic pretty quickly Mm. uh and i don't want to get into like the finer details of it but my the larger point was this like i'm not going to vote for anyone who's not bernie because i refuse to be a part of the charade and i'm just like listen dude that's a very privileged thing to say because i agree that there are like worse candidates than bernie but at the same time even if the democrats are doing them for publicity opportunities they're still going to you know not put brown people in cages or separate their families and that's important to me as a brown guy well i think it's the charade i don't care what you fucking think it's a privileged thing for you to sit there and be like we can wait it out four years like Uh... so i'm sorry i don't mean to like derail this uh but what i'm saying is just like you know that's one of those things where he then stated well if if trump wins again because my argument was like listen if you do this there's a strong possibility that you will let the door open for someone that you disagree with 100 of all policies and then what happens like, are you going to stand on some moral upright thing because you let that, this happen? That attitude is why Trump, or one of the reasons why Trump uh, won in the last election, right? right. Is we learned none of the pe- Is because yeah. people threw their arms up and said, well, if it's not Bernie, I'm sure as shit not voting for Hillary. Right. You know, it's either I'll abstain or I'll vote for the other guy. And now look at what we've got. We've got somebody who, like, routinely is trying to dismantle, like, the foundations that our government was built right. on. Like, it's a fucking daily stress test on, like, 
every like moral principle we've ever had. And you can argue like this country has a disgusting history in terms of like the civil rights, how we treated the Native Americans, like sure. basically anybody who isn't like in the ruling class. Yeah. Um, but there are still like institutions in place to help people too that are being thwarted at every turn by this administration. Um, well, so the and, idea and so that's that what like, he said. okay, well, he, so he, well, he was saying kinda, that, then why would he be also be saying like, but well, well, that's the problem. So, sorry, but that's what I said to which his response was that like, uh, well, if, if Trump wins again, then we should take to the streets and I'm like, or we can just protect democracy now. Like yeah. that's a novel fucking idea. Cause my thing is this, I don't know when we got it in our heads that change is something that happens instantaneously. Like, if you look at the fucking, if you just look 50 years, let's go pure Dr. King. Dr. King's assassinated in 68, right? So 51 years past that. You're telling me that we aren't better than what we were? Of course we are. Did it happen all at once? No. It's, a, it's the fucking, it's the Titanic, bro. Like, you can't, you can't move a ship uh, at a three-point turn. It's impossible. So you do these things yeah. by degrees. And it just makes me mad that we've somehow lost the historical context to say, like, yes, you know what? You can dislike Warren all you want she will be better for the greatest amount of people. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like, it just bothers me so much. So to answer your main point from way back when, before we got in this detour, yes, we have a reason to, to get up and rise right now, but I think we haven't taken it so seriously right now because even though Trump is fucked up, right? Like, he still, he still won the electoral college. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, and by our, the rules of our own fucked up game, even if they're bad rules, he kind of won. And so, like, for us to be petulant and to rise up would be something quite different, right? Now, if this is something where he gets beat and refuses to leave office, oh, we got to rise up. If this is some guy who continues to erode constitutional liberties, which he's doing a great job trying, but so far checks and balances have mostly stopped him. Like, we have, it hasn't stopped the EPA shit. It hasn't stopped him from attempting to do things. But, mm -hmm. like, healthcare is still intact because the system is good enough and we had just enough people to support it that he wasn't able to take that away. That a Muslim ban that he tried to put in place wasn't able to pass because of checks and balances. So but my we point still have is, brown people in cages, though. No, for sure. Right. Dude, listen, yeah. you're preaching to the choir, okay? Yeah, like, yeah. No, and no, I know I am. I, I'm, I'm adding to your point. I'm not trying to, like, shut sure. you down. And so I think that's my greatest thing where I get really upset because it's like, dude, don't, don't say you're liberal and then be like, we can wait out four years of people being dehumanized because that's not okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really interested. I think we're going to lose this election unless this Ukraine thing really spins out of... Like, how are you feeling about this Ukraine thing, by the way? I, I think it's actually gaining momentum. I, I'll believe right. it when I see it because I don't want to get my hopes up. It's a real Spider-Man 3 situation again, dude. Right. I don't want to get my hopes really up going fire. to that theater. They got Venom. They got Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? But no, like, uh, I, I do want to uh, see what happens. But I think it is, like, different this time. Something feels different about it. Um, because like ever since the guy's been elected, uh, it's a daily scandal that'll come out. And I remember in the early going, like in the early months, it would be a daily like, this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the thing that gets him. And right. it never happened. Right. But this is actually gaining traction to the point where like Pelosi, like who's been cautious as fuck up to this point about bringing that to the floor, like brought it to the floor and like more shit is rolling out about it as we go. Um, so right. I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see how this all shakes out. Uh, I'm a little bit cautious, more cautiously, cautiously yeah. optimistic. I'm really. a little pessimistic about it. Oh, I'll tell you this, since she made the announcement, more things have come out that has made it feel more legit, certainly. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't quite say that I'm sold on it by any stretch of the imagination. You know, when it first happened, I thought it was a very calculated move by Pelosi because, and I'm sorry to devolve this into politics. We'll find a way to swerve off of it. But what I thought was it was calculated because there's no way that the Senate 
was ever going to ratify anything that the House passed. So it would be just enough to satisfy the AOCs and the upstarts, you know what I'm talking about? And also to uh, quell the fears of the establishment Democrats who were like, I don't, I don't want to do this, you know? But now more shit's come out where I'm like, oh shit, we have a puncher's chance. Still a yeah. puncher's chance. This is Rocky one, all right? Like we ain't gonna, we, I don't well, think we're gonna win, but. What, what feels different about it is that the White House and the GOP in general have been unable to really spin it properly spin it yeah but like for the first time and like they, they've been able to spin some shit in the laziest ways possible throughout this administration's last you know three years how has it been three years by the way that's nuts to me yeah uh i don't know time is moving faster and i wonder if it's just because we've become used to to marking these things uh, like the like the goalposts because things mm-hmm. happened every single day with this fucker that yeah. it's no longer like Obama felt like eight years. I'm gonna be it's real, it. like, and it was yeah. great. It was a great decade of my like life. He, he captures or he kills Bin Laden, and then like a few years, nothing happens like at all. Like in our entire country, there was no news for no, like we, a few we, years. We got healthcare like first year. Then we got <laughs> right. Bin Laden death. Then we got the gay marriage thing. We're like, all right, these are goalposts that every is separated by a couple of years. You know what I mean? Yeah. He does um, his little fireside chats. You know. Remember yeah, that? no, but, but, but like we've never had time to be like, oh, that thing happened six months ago. Like with Trump, it's some new shit every day. And yeah. I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how this plans out because we're so close to the elections now that it seems like, are we doing this now? Because mm-hmm. then you do politicize it. I, you know, I've read the Federalist Papers a bunch. Like I'm a big Hamiltonian uh, historian. A, a bunch? How many times have you read the Federalist Papers? I think two or three times in my life, yeah. Three times? They're really good. You should really read it. One of them, uh, Federalist 65, I believe, goes into – while Hamilton Hamilton disagreed with impeachment. Uh, uh-huh. he, well, he's like, think about what it actually does. What it really does is puts a line in the sand and people who are perceived to be on one side of that are going to be very into that. And this was back in the day where it was Federalists and the Whigs, bro. So like, this is before we had hardcore, like Republican, Democrat, like hatred of the other um even though they, they, yeah, had, they had they, they had, had hardcore beef. sure. uh, yeah, yeah. beefs like yeah, politics has not gotten nicer or meaner it's about the same it might have been meaner back then honestly like i've seen some of the shit that they were talking <laughs> but it was proper like, as fuck it was so that classic. guy raped the donkey i saw it he's a piece of shit don't trust that donkey fucker vote for a non-donkey fucker that's my platform but they said it so loquaciously and so elegantly that you were like okay well that's fine like <laughs> Give me liberty or don't give me a donkey fucker. Like, it was so beautiful. You could put it on a headstone. Everything they said, every insult was period and shit, man. Like, now it's just got, like, Donald Trump be like, he's a loser, he's failing. Like, it's just repeating words over and over again. God, we've really fallen out of of what made us great. (laughs) Like, make America great again and give us, like, dank-ass political rivalries again that, like... Right, but without the slavery. Well, without the slave. That's the other thing. So Hamilton. There's an asterisk next to everything we're saying right now. Sure. But like I, so I told you I got into that argument with my uncle Tommy in the last thing. And one of the things we kept bumping heads on, he's like, Jefferson was brilliant. Like Jefferson was a fuck boy who happened to be in the right place at the right time. And he owned slaves. Okay. Again, the use of fuck boy here. (laughs) I'll never apologize. It's great. It's fucking great. No, but he's like, he's a fuck boy who owns slaves. And this is like, so you like Hamilton? I'm like, yes, because Hamilton was a fucking immigrant who came yeah. here and made the country better and also mm-hmm. didn't own slaves. That's a pretty big deal to me. Like, I know that we had to put this, these things through the prism, right? So, like, weird example. Last time I was in Austin, I was hanging out with Corey's wife, Mia. And we were talking about, I was like, hey, do me a favor. Who's who is, Corey? Who, <laughs> Corey is, sorry. Corey, thank you for people who don't know. 
Uh, so my other gig is Double Toasted, right? The YouTube channel or whatever. And it's uh, Corey Coleman, the, the host of uh, Sunday Service and all the other things. But uh, I was staying at his house. He had to go to a screening of some movie that day. Uh, and so me and Mia hung out. And I was like, hey, Mia, tell me about Turkish George Washington. Because that's the analog. Everyone around the world knows George Washington for some reason. Seriously, like they teach that shit. But I couldn't tell you the first president of Turkey was. You know what I mean? Uh, and so like we got into that conversation and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, my favorite topic, goodness versus greatness. George Washington, undoubtedly great. How can you really be good if you own slaves? Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter how, oh, the, how you overcame the odds. You still owned a human being and you were kind of okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's weird. Then you have like, other examples like Bobby, Robert E. Lee, right? Free to slaves, didn't believe in the institution of slavery, abhorred it, but also didn't want to fight against Virginia as home. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it's a very interesting fucking thing where it's like, we consider both of those men great for different reasons, but how great can they actually be? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Did that make sense? Did I, did I derail? Did I drive us off a cliff? Did I Thelma and Louise this shit? Well, I, I think that your question you were asking Mia was, who's your Turkish George Washington? So we never got the answer to that. Another uh, cliffhanger. He's a guy named Mustafa um, Musod, I believe. Uh, and he's really M- cool. Mustafa Musod. He literally changed the alphabet. Like, he changed the stamp, which I thought was fucking incredible. I'm like, you can just change the alphabet? Imagine if Trump was just like, we're changing the alphabet to Trump's alphabet, and everything had a weird T symbol on it or something. I don't know. Like, how right. can you just do that? He all all letters were either gold or black. Right. No other colors allowed. The, the fucking binary fucking color scheme. Uh, but no, I was really blown away by that in general. But it was still the idea that like Hamilton's the one of those finding fathers who didn't fuck up, you know? I mean, he fucked up in his personal life. But the idea is that like, oh, he's a Creole bastard. John Adams is on the record as saying Hamilton is a Creole bastard. And I'm like, whoa. Like, because that reminds me of the president we got now. Like, like, I liked when our presidents were racist, like, inwardly and didn't fucking say that shit out loud, you know? There was at least a, 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 a false pretense of equality. But uh, the, back in the day, they just didn't give a fuck. So, I don't know. What I'm saying is Thomas Jefferson, yes, he created the University of Virginia. Yes, he is a person who will be deemed incredible forever. Uh, my Uncle Tommy said, if you really want to know who the greatest presidents are, are, um, are, look no further than Mount Rushmore. You get one of those guys every, like, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, two of those guys own slaves. Uh, and then the other one, you know, freed the slaves. That just rightfully deserved. And the other one uh, d- didn't want to sh- tear down trees. So I guess, like, two of the four are pretty good. You're batting a good 500. This is baseball. You'd be doing fine. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying, why isn't Hamilton on Mount Rushmore, guy? That's all I'm saying. Because he's a Creole bastard. <laughs> he answered that question. <laughs> Listen, I mean, Adams was a fuckboy about it. Yes, I said fuckboy again. But he had a point. He was from the Bahamas or some shit. Hmm. You know that? Do you know yeah. that about Hamilton? He's from the Bahamas? Yeah, you've told me all about Hamilton. All you do is talk about Hamilton. You're He's like, hey, did you guy. see Hamilton? I was like, no, I don't have $5,000 to see Hamilton. You're like, well, let me tell you all about the entire play. Then you walk me through it line by line, scene by scene. You played me the soundtrack. Yeah. Then you walk me through it again. Then you performed the thing. And I was like, all right, yeah. I get it. And, and you're like, no, closet. you don't. You need a second performance. You brought Dolores out. You brought the dogs. You put wigs on them. Right. I got Continental Army wardrobe. We really. I think your, you know, your second performance was kind of a dip in quality, but your third one, honestly, might have been your best. And you were the most apologetic about that one too. You were like, "I don't know about that one." I was like, "Dude, no, you actually nailed it." Right. That's kind of my thing. Is like I'm insecure, but I, I I keep saying I shouldn't do three shows a day, but the third one ends up being the one that people resonate because I'm tired because I'm vulnerable at that point. Right. 
Right. You're, you're, you're not, you know, pretense is gone, whatever you're exhausted. And it's, Here's just, the thing. it's honest, you know, as amazing as that show is imagine that show as a one person show and it becomes way fucking different. Like, and I can't, I can't imagine it because I've seen it before performed by you three times. Well, the third time I had the dogs and it was a better show, you know? Like, right. Well, I was able to see the tableau of it more, you know, right, like, right, like you, right. you really like the mise-en-scene <laughs> of it all it was much more apparent. I'm just saying, like, are there, are there any redeemable founding fathers in your mind? Like, if we're being completely honest about them, like, let me ask you this. Who is your... Ben who is Franklin. Your, ben Franklin. Uh, Fire department. Farmer's almanac. Electricity. Bifocal lenses. Alcoholic. Yeah. That's my favorite part about him. He did oh, all okay. of that while <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying that as a counterpart. Oh, no, counterpart. no, no, no. It makes him even better that he did all of that. Because he had to be blitzed to be like, we should create a whole department to fight fires. And he did right. it. Like what was burning back in the day? I don't know. That that dude's hobbies are like still like fucking a part of our fabric to this day. Like just his one-off bullshit. Oh, like I uh, I got nothing else going on today. You know, might as well get drunk and invent democracy <laughs> on accident. <laughs> right. Oh man, like that's what I'm saying. He's kind of a okay. I kind of I think he owns slaves though. <laughs> like that's the problem with all these guys. Did he? I think he did. I mean, we could do a cursory Google I, search, I know for but... a fact that he had a lot of mistresses. Yeah, but and he, and he banged a lot of whores. Not whores. I just wanted to say that. He banged yeah. a lot of women. Right. And he was also known in France as a guy who banged a lot of women. Banged a lot of women there. Got a lot of them pregnant. Almost all of them. He was not using protection. Whatever right. passed his protection back then. Well, that's but another thing. Like, can we talk about that Ben Franklin and nor Thomas Jefferson were even in the States when the war was happening? They were right. off in France getting stoned the whole time. Like what the Dude, fuck? Franklin was smart, man. He's like, I'm an old man. Cause he was, he was old as fuck back then. He's he was fine. Like, what, like it's 70s, not him. 80s? It's Jefferson. Who was a able bodied man being like, I'm a diplomat. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Jefferson, obviously piece of shit, but like Franklin, like, can you imagine him on the front lines? Like, just, <laughs> Just a, a fucking like eighty year old overweight drunk off his ass on wine. Well, it would be like that fucking Cohen brother. Oh, like, judge pan shot. He's just running out there, fat and overweight. You're like, what <laughs> the fuck? He would scare me on principle. I'd be like, I don't. We have to get back. Or on he's the just in like a nurse's uniform. He's tending to like the fucking sick and wounded. They only. <laughs> he's nightingaling that shit real hard, and the British are like, okay, he's old. He's, he's an elderly man. You know, Franklin is like one of those don't meet your heroes guys where if I had a time machine, I would choose not to meet him because I know that the hilarious image that I have of Franklin would never be matched in real life by the man. He'd probably be fascinating to know, but he would not be nearly as funny. I don't know, man. He might Maybe be the guy that like... We, he, you he think might he would be, live up to it? I think he might be like the John Carpenter's The Thing of Founding Fathers where like, you know, like I always say like whatever you can imagine... No, whatever yeah. you can imagine will be scarier than what they can show you, except yeah. for John Carpenter's The Thing, which horrifies the shit out of me. Maybe it's mm -hmm. like old hat now, but the first time I saw that, it's like a six, seven-year-old. Oh, my God, dude. It's not old hat. It's still like, man, people still love that movie. It's still like up on those lists. Every time I see a list, it's like, well, it's like the an, scariest movies ever. Movie, but is it yeah. still a scary movie the way that it was when you were a kid? And, and I would say like, you, you probably, but I'll never forget the first time I saw the fucking spider scene. That Speaking of which, how did you feel about It Chapter 2? We didn't talk about this in our review, but It Chapter 2 just straight up stole that shit. 
uh, we, spider head. I think we talked about it a little bit uh, for a brief detour to which mm. I said, like, yeah, you're not doing yourselves any favor at that point. Why don't you have someone's head spin around? Actually, I think they did do that. So I think they're just going around like, OK, let's take this from the exorcist, this from the thing. You're not doing yourself any favors taken from better. Hey, filmmakers. we're, we're uh, we, we, we are in October, by the way. We haven't even talked about that um, month of spookies. Oh, yeah. So we're in oh. spook month. Oh, October. wait, 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 hold on. This is actually a good uh, transition to this thing I did want to talk about, which trust oh. me, trust me when we get there. Did, we didn't right. talk about- I'll just put my thing on hold. That's fine. Let's talk about your thing. We, what? Can, do, what? we can do both. I promise. I, I, I didn't have a thing. I was just going <laughs> to go off on a, on a fucking free form uh, improvisational jazz tangent about October until I okay. found the topic I liked. So we can do ahead. that. But I got to tell you this other thing that happened. So I, I, I told you about the, the God debate with my mom and my brother, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I tell you about the Michael Jackson conversation? Because it was kind of fascinating as well. Um, I don't think so. Okay, so me and my brother literally want to do a podcast called uh, Whoever the Subject Is, What Happened? Uh, and, and question mark. And it's just like exploring what happened to these people. Because we did a Michael Jackson, like, we listened to him as a child. Well, uh, he died. Sure. But what happened? <laughs> like, that's my question. <laughs> like, we listened to him as a kid. We listened to the song Who's Loving You from the Jackson 5 where he's got more baritone in his fucking voice than when he's a 30-year-old man. And so what we started to do is, uh, like, explore, like, we listened to every Jackson 5 record trying to figure out what the crossing of the threshold was for Michael Jackson. And mm-hmm. we found out that 13. When he was 13, he sounded like a kid still. And then the next album released three months later, he was the Michael Jackson we know, like the really high-pitched Michael Jackson. It's just very strange to us. Um, but what, the, what that brought us to was interrogating him as an artist, right? Because if I asked you just broadly, even if you're not huge fans of either, either of these two, which I know you like them, but you're not like, you've never taken deep dives. If I said, who was a better artist? Think about the word artist itself, okay? Uh, Prince. Bowie, Bowie, Prince, or Michael Jackson, who's the least artistic of the three in that mindset? Michael Jackson. Right. Uh, and it's because when we think about Prince, we think about like, oh, he literally, like that guy did whatever the fuck you, he didn't give a shit. He was incredible. It's also just like fucking amazing as a vocalist and as a musician Guitarist. in general. Oh like God. he could, yeah. and, and not just that, I, I heard he could like play whatever fucking instrument he wanted to like extremely well. He's right. Like, but I just, guys. I rewatched that video of the concert the, for George. Where, where, plays, where my, or when yeah. gently holy meets, shit. Yeah. And he's like on stage with Clapton and like Jeff Beck. And yeah. he's like, I got this. Hold on. Tom Petty for some reason is there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like Tom Petty. Petty's great, but he's not like on that on level. That guitar level of guitar yeah. hero. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so then what we started to do is we, we, we try to say like, okay, well, what is Michael Jackson's real legacy? Because as a performer, maybe he's that motherfucker. Right. And this brought us to Thriller. Because say he's, what you he's Beyonce, man. Like he's he's that that hybrid of like business and like businessman, savvy businessman, and coming right. along at the exact right time and knowing how to market himself. Well, I was thinking literally, think about this. Like the standard of music videos, for better or for worse, there have been some incredible music videos. I think I think music videos have a lot of the most inventive filmmaking in a while. But his legacy, the golden standard of videos, has to be thriller to this day. Right. And think about what that was at the time. It was the first time a giant Hollywood director, right? John Landis came out, directed a fucking music video. Mm. No, no, yeah, it was. Trust me, look it up. I looked it up because I was fascinated by it. Like straight up, John Landis got millions of dollars to make an 11 minute thing. Also, that in in and of itself, an 11 minute video where the majority of it is dialogue and story driven as opposed to the actual song that's going on. Okay. This is at the time. He was big banging this shit. Go ahead. Well, I mean, the big bang would be the Beatles, right? 
Like they, they made entire musical films that feature their music that were essentially like long form music videos for an entire album. Right. With but that stories feels and dialogue. Right. Like that feels somehow different. It's, it's different maybe, but it's like, you, you want to talk about big bangs. Like that was the first time musicians. Well, I mean, even before then, like Elvis was doing movies, but that was more like marketed and less directed by him. Right. Um, well, I guess that's the other thing I'm trying to say is like, let's think about the big budgets affect horror aspect of it, which is just like the idea that, yes, like the Beatles did Hard Day's Night. They did yesterday. They did a couple of those films. Sure. Not taking that away from them. But what I'm saying is like the idea is that they got not just John Landis, but they got fucking the great Rick Baker, you know, makeup guru, whiz kid, whatever, to go in there and to make something. Again, narratively, you went into the Beatles movie understanding it was a movie. Real quick, watched- do you ever think about how, like, because I was thinking, like, he, he had to have been, like, into his 30s at that point, Rick Baker. Like, but right. you can't call him a whiz man because <laughs> <laughs> calling someone a whiz man takes on, like, a different connotation. Sure it just sounds like a guy that, like, pisses his pants all the time. He's golden showering all of us, for <laughs> sure. Uh, no, but, like, I, I think it's an interesting thing, again, that you walked into a, a movie theater knowing you're going to watch a movie, even if it's a musical movie, right? You're mm-hmm. still walking into a film. This was a mini movie on your TV screens that had the production value of Hollywood that also bucked, the, again, the trend of how long you could spend with characters, which he one-upped himself later on by doing um, Bad. Bad is 20 minutes. It has Wesley Snipes in it. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And there's like seven minutes of no music at all where it's like Michael Jackson leaving a prep school to going back to Brooklyn for some reason. Uh, and like Wesley Snipes is there and everyone's proud of him. But the reason I brought all of this up because you had brought up October is I'm fascinated. The other thing that's incredible about Thriller is the Vincent Price Spooky Bridge. The Spooky Bridge is the most incredible thing that's ever happened. I just, I, you need, in the middle of a song, they're like, all right, we need us. We need a speaking part. Let's go get Vincent Price to do a Spooky Bridge. And it's also, it's not just that it's a Spooky Bridge. It's that there are like urban patois in it. There's like a part mm-hmm. where he's like, terrorize y'all's neighborhoods. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I don't know. It cracked me up so much. And I'm like, I I, I want to bring it back a little bit though. Like, I I don't know that, I I don't know that thriller is as revolutionary as people make it out to be in terms of being the first to do it. I think it was taking advantage of a climate in which music videos were becoming more of a thing, right? Like, because in the seventies, that wasn't really a thing. There wasn't really a format for that. Um, But then like around that time, like that's what, when MTV started becoming a thing? When did MTV MTV come out? 79, I believe 80. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so, like, it's kind of creating that, like that laying the groundwork for something like that to resurface. But like, you think about like, even like Tommy with the who or like the monkeys had their own TV show for a hot minute. Like there were a lot of different venues for what you could call like uh, the first music videos or whatever, or music films even. Um, but Michael oh, Jackson yeah, no, being no, I, a savvy guy yeah. kind of took what had been done before and applied it to the right time. Certainly. Right place, I'm, not, right? I'm not saying he's, he's the first music video. I guess what I'm saying was the, the first one to like, I, I, even today, like, all right. So when you make records back in the sixties or whatever, and I guess today you got to clock that in at three minutes, kid, you know what I mean? Like it's the idea of it needs to be this perfectly packaged thing that mm-hmm. is easily to repeat. Like for instance, when there are three hour movies now, the main concern that they say all the time is like the longer your film is the fewer showings you can have of that film per theater. Right. So you're costing yourself money. And I'm just talking about the idea that this guy, yeah, music videos were already around for a couple of years by the time a thriller came out, but it was this idea that it was huge Hollywood fucking budget. Like Mm -hmm. huge. the fact that it did, it bucked fucking narrative, uh, you know, common sense at the time. And also Vincent price, like the King of spoopy came in 
and did Spooky. a goddamn yeah he spooped it up he spooped all over the place man and mm. like if you go back and you listen to the um just the audio track like the recording session of it it's just the dichotomy of hi i'm michael jackson and then like i'm vincent price it's like <laughs> the fucking funniest thing i've ever heard in my life um i don't know man i don't know anyway so i a long walk to talk about michael jackson i think that's his legacy his legacy yeah. Well, wasn't the long walk to talk about Spooktober and spooky things? It's spooky, yeah. Well, it's still, it's like I used Michael Jackson to get to Vincent Price to get talk about spooky. So at this point, and now we're bringing it back to Michael Jackson. Are we to spoops? You you just said the long story short, Michael Jackson dot dot dot. And then I interrupted you. It's Done. Spoopy. Yeah, okay, that's cool. it. Finish. <laughs> no, no, but but, but yeah, I mean, it is October. Are you a fan of this holiday? I'm not. You know, I'm not a huge fan of October. <sighs> I mean, you, you know me, I love horror movies. I love any excuse to, like when I was a you know, kid all the way through teenager, like I remember like uh, we would get together even as teenagers sometimes and like just fucking dress up or like have a Halloween party or whatever. I'm right. past that point in my life now. Like I'm not interested in going to Halloween parties and getting dressed up or anything. Um, and I don't, I don't love being on Facebook and seeing like all the alt goth people that I'm friends with, like, you know, post memes about like oh it's finally my time of the month now or like oh me when it's my face when it's october sorry my time of the month but like it's my time of the year um or like my face when it's october and it's like beetlejuice like looking ugly or something like that like people who think that like oh it's like i'm spooky all year round and now you guys are spooky for one month out of the year Right. Now you know what it's like to be me, take a walk in my shoes. I don't know. My point is I don't like alternative people who embrace Halloween as a form of identity, but I do like the concept of horror movies and spooky things in Halloween. I'm I'm Spanish, so I, I really adhere to the uh, Dia de los Muertos, right, which is a Mexican holiday, but it's, you know, the, it, we have reverence and other uh, another cultures for it and i like that idea and also like halloween itself is what what's the ho- uh, the holiday it's actually kind of a sa- Samhain or something like that mm. like it, it's this actual day of the dead i don't like knowing what it's based on because you that's know? what all those nerds on facebook talk about they're like oh we're real witches Samhain. No you, like i've always wanted like because i'm sure there's a kid story there and if there isn't let's make one now because that's the idea that's really interesting to me is like halloween is this day that's mm-hmm. very special where it's an axis Monday, right? Where there's this axis point, there's a door, so to speak, into this other world, I, which I, I'm fascinated by. The idea that when you dress up as a witch that day, you are a witch. You dress up yeah. like a goblin, you're a goblin. Like that shit's really fascinating to me. And I just wonder where that came from because the Puritans, the pilgrims who came over here, they, they couldn't have co-signed on that. You know what I'm saying? Like when did that become in fashion? I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a Halloween historian. I'm not interested in that. And then you proceeded to ask me a historical Halloween question. No, I'm asking, what's your best, what's your best guess? <laughs> what do you think happened? What do I think happened? Um, I think that, you know, some fucking people got like really drunk one day and they're like, hey, you know, there's some goblins coming for us. Like it's the day that that happens. Right. We've got to figure out a way to blend in. It's like that part in Walking Dead early on where they figure out that you can like cover yourself on zombie entrails and the zombies won't notice you like dress up like a goblin all the other goblins won't know you dress up like a ghost ghosts will think you're a ghost and they'll just leave you alone so that's what we got to do every year we got to get trashed we got to put on some fucking outfits and we got to blend in for just one night of the year it's like the purge man it's all those ghosts and spooks are coming for us we got to fucking act now Okay, so now my writer brain's kicking in. I kind of want to just to, to riff something with you here because that's interesting. 
Like, what mm. if we lived in that world? Because I don't want to spend too much time. Like, the problem with all these fucking movies that have high concepts is we have to spend a whole act, like, setting up the concept, you know? And I still that BoJack live where it's like, here's the thing about long-distance calling. Don't tell me. Don't introduce the concept of a thing. Just tell right. me the thing, right? So it's like, I, w- I would love to do something where, like, that's an established thing where we all know that, like, mm-hmm. yes, we have to do that. But there's got to be some personal connection. So, like, we're all walking around trick-or-treating as ghosts and shit as a way to blend in with actual like ghosts who are pissed off like right. peaceful ghosts they go on to wherever that is but all the ones who left are around. like all the asshole racist yeah. people that died right man <laughs> all the abusive alcoholics like they're ghosts now and they're coming to your door and you better have candy ready and you also better look like a ghost uh there's not a party that thinks there's some kind of there's a there's a hero's journey in there there, there there's something there there's a disney channel original movie in there somewhere uh, halloween town fuck fuck, <laughs> fuck no i mean to be fair that was not the concept of halloween town so i think we're okay okay we call it halloweenville I, I thought the concept was like her her grandmother was a witch and uh on the one day of the year you could go to halloween town yeah, but it's like a whole other place where Halloween rules are always... They, it's like Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Oh, yeah, okay. So Halloween Town's just a ripoff of that. <laughs> cool. Good to know. Fucking Disney Channel, man. Yeah. They've been infringing on all Stealing the Stealing from themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, oh. it's kind of the perfect ecosystem, Disney, right? Like, right, like they just yeah. own all the things, so if they steal something... It's most likely yeah, from themselves it. anyway. What are yeah. they going to do? Like sue themselves? They're going to eat the tail, and then the, but the, they never choke, and they never. You know what I'm saying? It's a Ouroboros, my friend. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Man. I feel like I, I don't know if I hate them or have a new respect for Disney. Like, I, <laughs> like that really kind of fun. Like, what, what if that was the end game? It's like I want to create a company in which we own so many things that we can't possibly be sued for copyright infringement. I, they're close. I feel like they're real close to it, man. They really are. When are we going to uh, stop them? Because this I, Disney Plus thing is going to take them to a new level. We've been talking about this for a while. Or we just figured, it's like, terrifying. Disney, it's Amazon and Disney. It's going to be a walking like, uh, city with a Mickey Mouse head, like laser yeah. fucking buildings and shit like that. I think it's coming like uh, soonish. E- e- yeah, eating up independent artists, literally. Yeah, we, we talked about it. I, do you think that when the end yes, of the world gets I here? Do. Oh. <laughs> No, because I was playing uh, Civ the other day, and like one oh, of the nice. ways to Civ is to like build a space colony. Like, why why do we not on. play Civ together, man? I play Civ all the time. Sure, well, get six, and we can play together. How I've got it. Are oh. you on Steam? No, but we've I talked will. about this before. I will be. All right, well, fucking stay with me here. Which is the idea is that one of the ways to win is you get create a space colony and get the fuck off planet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, which is really uh, science victory. Well, when 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 that when you get a science victory, like when you do that, will it actually be nations? Or do you think it'll be like Disney or like just independent corporations who are like the first to get the fuck off because they can? Like, they actually made a Civ sequel. Disney. They made a Civ sequel about going to space and setting up space countries and stuff. So really, yeah, I know, but but it still, wasn't like, very it's good. Like, it's like America did it. Is my point? It wasn't. Right. It wasn't. Will, will it be like uh, Exxon and Disney right. and like all? Yes. Well, Probably. didn't they say back in the day? I think that wasn't that like a line in Fight Club or something. It'll be is like it? the Exxon Nebula, Nebula in the 
blah 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 like corporations it wouldn't surprise me the only thing about exxon is as evil as they are it's like well the whole oil fad i think people are getting wise to it sort of oil fad you know like (laughs) Like it's bell-bottom jeans or something it's a fucking fad it's cyclical it'll come back in 70 years well who was the who's the cat he was the the economist who who who, uh, accurately described the tipping point of when you know oil was going to be a a detriment at some point because we were going to not have as much of it compared to where we are now um Mm. You don't have to know his name. It's just, it's me. It's an economics fucking. I was gonna make some joke where it's like his name is Richard Point or you know, (laughs) Dick Pointer. Uh, No, Lenny Tip. I'm fascinated by that just because I I wonder legitimately of the idea of sovereignty and Mm -hmm. like United Nations really means anything. Like in a perfect world, what we would do is if we need to get off, everyone would band together, right? We would pull all our resources. But more realistically, it's like, why does Disney need to give any money to anyone else? We got Mickey Mouse rockets, and they go and they, you know, put some ears on fucking Mars or something. Like, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's like, do you think that that's even a realistic thing? Like, the way we've perceived international space travel and shit like that, it's, it, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, think about, like, Disney as a corporation has more money than the GDP of, like, hundreds of countries combined. Yeah. They don't need other countries. Like in their mind, the other countries are dragging them down, man. Like, I'm so scared. I'm so. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like this. You did. You did get me thinking about something totally separate. Okay. I mean, hear. kind of separate, but kind of not. But just the idea of like the reason that you know, like you you look at like the tropes or genres that get mashed together a lot, and sci-fi and westerns like really go well together. And like the reason being is like you think about space, it is like the final frontier. When we start getting out there, like, that's going to be the Wild West again, man. It's going to be a land grab. It's going to be a fucking wait. gold rush. Um, yeah. and there's going to be, like, space weapons and stuff. It'd be nuts. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it uh, because of Firefly, which is an okay show. It's not a great show. I don't know why everyone's like, it's the best ever. That's neither here nor there. I, I, well, I think that it's, like, the, pro- the, the potential of it was never realized. But, like, what we got was, like, it sparks your imagination, right? Because you're thinking about, like, oh, like, yeah, it is, like, a, a Western out in space. And there's outlaws and there's revolutions and there's the evil corporations. And it's got all those elements. But it's, like, Whedon's least good show on its own. Well, yeah, it's going to bring back the era of, like, the oil barons and shit like that, except it'll be, like, the carbonite barons or whatever the fuck's fucking around in space. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Adamantium. Adam, adamantium claws. That would be cool. What if you found out that that fucker's a Martian this whole time? They would explain everything. Well, Wolverine? Yes, dude. He's a Martian. It would explain the sideburns. <laughs> it would explain so much to me. There's just, like, a five-foot-two hairy man that never dies just on Mars right now, suffocating on a loop. You can't die. Yeah, it's great. It's wonderful, man. What He's was trying that? to light a cigar. There's no air. Oh, poor, poor Logan, man. <laughs> Been trying to light this cigar for 70 years. I'm still 32. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't age either. That's the great thing. There's like no, uh, no gravity. Just drop, like, that would be the perfect punishment for Wolverine to defeat him. Just drop him off on Mars. Give him no escape route. Well, it'd be like that, and then, and then he would have to hang out with, like, Dr. Manhattan, who is not a person that you want to hang out with. You don't want to take a road trip to the Dakotas. So he, he just, like, goes to the other side of the planet, <laughs> and Manhattan just but keeps popping up. Yeah, exactly. Because he can duplicate himself. He's like, <laughs> Dr. Manhattan just pops in. He's like, hey, man, you want to hang out? He's like, no, I really don't. I can't breathe. Also, can you create some air for me? I could. He's like, I'll create some if you hang out. So like, no. Fuck, fine. It's worth it. <laughs> 
they like binge watch five seasons of Big Brother. Doctor Manhattan's a really big fan. He, Wolverine's <laughs> just really pissed. Because it's it like is I, my- I left Earth behind. I don't understand people, but Big Brother, it's like my vice. It's my That's one. That's the thing. point. Yeah, like it's him. It's him looking at an anthill, basically. Yeah, like, I will learn the ways of the people. Like I, everything you need to know about humanity can be summed up in this television show. And he's like, "What are you talking about? Leave me alone. Where's my cigars? I'm hungry." Uh, I think that is the comic that needs to be written. I realize there's two Would different. Would Wolverine lose weight if he went on a diet? Well, that's a question no one's asked ever. Uh, sure. Why wouldn't he? Because my understanding of Wolverine is that like he'll just keep regenerating whatever he has, right? So would he just keep regenerating the fat that he loses? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think it's like regenerating when there's like I think it still works biologically, where it's like okay, you have a gunshot wound. Like what your body's reaction is to send platelets to try to stop. Oh, uh, so it's just gonna heal shit. it. It'll heal. Yeah, I think he can do whatever he wants, bro. Oh, okay. Because he wasn't. He wasn't a buff ass baby when he was born. He didn't come out as Wolverine. Like, well, that's that's the thing about Wolverine is like, it, with his powers, he would just be like a fucking baby all the time. He would be like Baby Herman from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? Uh, okay, so way better comic than no one's <laughs> written. Just a baby Wolverine fucking shit up. <laughs> And he's a smoking baby. cigars. He gets the hide and play in sight guy. Like he's in cribs and stuff. Also, he's like super flexible because he's a baby. Right. He doesn't you know? have kneecaps. You know his, bo- his bones. Yeah, I saw it was so scary. I saw like this comparison x-ray of a baby next to a man because there was a Reddit who would win uh, thread about like who would win um, a seven foot tall baby or a three foot tall man. <laughs> The three and foot tall like, man would win. I, I assume. Well, well yeah. the the argument that they were making is that the baby would be super flexible and like also very large and like have like a lot of weird strength that didn't understand, but like <laughs> the man would be intelligent. Right. And like also, if the baby fell, it would like still smash its head because it would be a baby. Soft. And babies yeah. have soft skulls, which is so weird to me too. Babies are weird. They're weird. I like is the, the idea point. that like there's a Reddit called Who Would Win? Because to me, that's like who would win, the deaf or the blind, if they had to fight each other. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. I assume the the deaf would win. I it's don't a know. pretty. It's a pretty solid uh, uh, subreddit, honestly. Um, but most of it isn't fun hypotheticals like that. It's sort of hypotheticals like who would win. Batman or Spider-Man if he was blind. It's like, well, yeah, whatever. You know? The seven-foot yeah. baby thing really t- 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 you captured my imagination, man. It, yeah, it was, it, was a good, uh, it was a good debate. But like the whole point being here that Wolverine should be a baby by all right. accounts. Like how, how, it's like he stopped aging at age like 32 or right. however old he is. And I he think just stopped there. Age. I think that's the whole uh, the thing is he's 33. He's supposed to be a 33 33? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just forever. Forever. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's a good age to get frozen at. It's the Jesus phase. It's really good. But, I yeah. mean, we're missing an opportunity with Wolvie, Wolverine Baby, though, man. Like, that changes the game. He's not Goo Goo Gaga. He's still Logan. He's calling people bub and shit like that, you know? Right. Like, but he's a baby. <laughs> like, yeah. it changes the game, man. So he's, like, he's able to sneak in anywhere. <laughs> he can fit into any vent. But he still gets cranky. <laughs> After I get my nap, I'm going to fucking kill all you fucking assholes. 
Imagine a baby with Wolverine claws. Like, that'd be terrifying. The game would well, when be you were over. talking about the fucking x-ray, I'm just like, imagine a baby x-ray looking all weird, but then, like, but the claws being claws. there still, like, horrifying, man. Like, the whole time he's fighting you, he's crying. because he <laughs> He's really annoyed. He wants milk, but he doesn't know how to articulate that. Like, yeah, he speak, it's not, it's he not, he's that. not crying because he's upset about killing you. He's crying because he's just frustrated. <laughs> Because he can't articulate himself because he's a damn baby. I think this might be our, our next endeavor, man. I, we, were, we were like, well, what's the next project we're going to write together? And I'm like, I think Wolverine Baby has got <laughs> limitless possibility. Wolverine Baby. Yeah. I mean, like, I love that we spent 50 minutes talking about, like, culture and politics and then just five <laughs> minutes talking about Wolverine Baby. Wolverine Baby, year one. You know what I mean? Year he's one. Just fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> 